When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. After leaving teaching because of some serious burnout, she vowed to build the community she wished existed when she needed it most. She went from classroom teacher to an educational consultant, instructional designer, and six-figure business owner. Now, she's here to help you achieve happiness and work-life balance, whether inside or outside the classroom. Come join our discussion as we talk about managing teacher burnout, career transitions outside the classroom, starting a side hustle, and everything in between. Here's your host of the Teacher Career Coach Podcast and your new personal cheerleader, Daphne Gomez. Welcome to the Teacher Career Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Daphne Gomez. In this episode, I talk to Kat Morello, who is a former special education teacher who currently works as a recreation coordinator for adaptive and inclusive recreation with her city's parks department. This is a great example of some of the ways that your qualifications as a special education teacher will help you stand out for roles outside of the classroom as well. Listen in as we talk all about her journey and how she found this role in our interview. Hi, Kat. Thank you so much for being here today. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Do you mind sharing a little bit about your experience working in the education system? Yeah, so I was a SPED teacher for six years, and I worked as a special education paraeducator for a year before entering my special education teaching program. So all told, I was in special education. I spent a year as a paraeducator, then my year of student teaching, going through my teaching program, and I taught for six years. I have been in pretty much a relocation from resource room to self-contained. I spent the biggest chunk of time in self-contained placement. So I taught in a self-contained high school for a year as my first year of teaching. And then I spent five years teaching in a transition program, which is post-high school serving ages 18 to 21 students with IEPs. What made you ultimately start looking for other careers outside of the classroom? Yeah, you know, I don't think I was ever one of those teachers who knew their whole lives that they wanted to be a teacher. I had an experience where I worked with actually adults with disabilities in uh, Chicago in a theater. So I actually worked in a recreation setting with people with disabilities. And that was kind of in my gap year after college. And so when several years later, I had a career transition opportunity I thought back to that experience and just kind of asked myself, how do I do more of that? Like, how do I work with people with disabilities like that? And 
the answer that I ultimately came upon at the time was special education. So being a teacher, because it seemed like a pretty stable job. Like people always need sped teachers. It seemed like a cost friendly job. The program wasn't too terribly expensive. I could be teaching within a year. My husband was a teacher. So schedule wise seemed good. So I ended up going into SPED just kind of out of convenience. I knew the population I wanted to work with. And my first year was hard. Like I'm surprised I went back for day two, let alone year six. So it just, it started hard and it was hard throughout. There was a lot of great, there was a lot of good in it. I'm glad I did it. But I think I always knew it wasn't my ultimate place that I was going to eventually end up somewhere else. I really enjoyed the transition program I was in. I thought perhaps I could have done that as a career, but COVID really accelerated my burnout trying to teach this program online, a community-based program online, trying to teach special education online was really, I exhausted my creative outlets on how to rethink the job. I rethought the job over and over and over and over again in a short period of time. And we had kind of some structural problems we were trying to solve in the program that by my sixth year, I was just worn out on trying to solve them. I didn't have any more ideas left in me to reimagine that job. And I was burned out. It was time. It was time to move on to something different. So those were sort of the major factors. I also had two small children. I was uh, pregnant with my second in my sixth year, and I was experiencing a lot of inflexibility just with the job in general, not being able to do things like comfortably take the kids to daycare drop off and make it to work on time and having that be a thing that people were willing to work with me on and not being able to leave for a couple of hours for a doctor's appointment and come back, like just having the system not be family friendly for my family uh, was really just, we were reaching a crux where I couldn't do it anymore. I needed more flexibility. I needed something that was going to be friendly for our family schedule, something that was lower stress, just needed a change. And it was, it was time. It was time. So you were actually pregnant while you were job seeking? I was, yes. I was pregnant through pretty much the entire experience. So I started casually looking for jobs the spring before I ended up getting this job. And I was nine months pregnant when I did my final interview for the job that I now have. So that's one of the questions that I get asked a lot for people who are pregnant when they're looking for different jobs, they're wondering what is the amount of like maternity leave you're going to get. And a lot of jobs actually don't let you take maternity leave until you've served like 12 months within their work environment. So was that something you were able to talk about having maternity leave after entering in your new position? Yes. So I ended up being in a position where I wanted to negotiate my start time so that I got my maternity leave taken care of before I started the job. And I was able to do that. And that was kind of one of my first signs that this job was going to be much more flexible and like understanding and friendly of 
my needs and my family's needs because they actually, it worked in my favor in some ways to be a teacher because they assumed I wasn't going to be available until the end of the school year. I happened to be having my baby in May. So they assumed already through the kind of middle of June, I would probably not be available because I was a teacher. And so when they were offering me the job, I hadn't yet said that I was pregnant because you don't really need to. They're not allowed to ask. And I didn't say anything until I was getting the offer phone call of, so when are you available to start? I'm like, well, (laughs) I'm actually nine months pregnant. And, you know, they sounded surprised, but I had one in-person interview nine months pregnant. So they couldn't have been that surprised, but I think they knew legally they couldn't really, you know, comment on how, oh yeah, we knew, you know, they couldn't do that. And so I was able to say, you know, I was really hoping for a July start or end of June start, not mid-June, because I'm taking my maternity leave. And they, so they were hoping for mid-June for me. I was hoping for July. We both said, well, let's go off for a day and talk to our people and see what we could do. Because, you know, neither of us really wanted to lose this matchup because of a couple of days or a couple of weeks difference. And so I went and talked to my HR people to make sure that there wasn't going to be any issues of me starting potentially another job before the end of the school year. Even though it was on my maternity leave, they went off and talked to their people. And when we came back together, I said, well, I talked to HR and they said, it's not really going to affect my benefits if I have my end date be before the end of the school year. So I could potentially start earlier. And they came back saying, well, actually, we decided to move our camp date. So you can start later and it's not going to interfere with your school year or your benefits or your leave. And so seeing that they were willing to change the date of their camp to better meet my schedule and let me take my maternity leave that I wanted to take was like a big sign for me of like, oh, wow, okay, they really are willing to work with me and really want me. So that was a great kind of first introduction into, and I was very nervous about it the whole time that I was interviewing and going for jobs. Like what if I get the job, but they want me to start right away and I'm on maternity. Like I have just given birth. I can't really go into a job in this moment. And so I was happy to see. That is a very real possibility. When you're applying for positions, most of the time the inference is like within two to four weeks, you're going to be ready to go. So Mm -hmm. what a great fit. I'd love to just really quickly ask if you could share what is your job title that you ended up actually getting this job in? Yeah, so I am a recreation coordinator and I am working specifically in a department that's called adaptive and inclusion. So Mostly what I'm focusing on is supporting individuals with disabilities in our community. How did you end up finding this position? It sounds like it's a really great fit for a former teacher, especially one with special education experience. And it also sounds a little bit like a unicorn job. What was your process of finding roles like this with your special education experience? Yeah, it was absolutely a unicorn job. I am so lucky. Like halfway through the first interview, I had that memory of like thinking back to Chicago and wanting to work with people with disabilities and recreation and suddenly realizing, oh my God, I'm interviewing for my dream job, you know? So definitely a unicorn job. I came about it really luckily. 
And I was out at the zoo, actually with my kid, and they were advertising job openings for like a tour that they do at one of our local zoos. And I was at the point where I was just desperate to find something else, especially before the baby came. And I was like, sure, why not? Like, I'll look at that job. I could be a tour guide at the zoo. That sounds like fun. And I looked at their website and I ended up seeing like all their postings listed on the website. And I saw this posting and it happened to close at midnight that day. (laughs) So I found the job the day it closed and was like, oh my God, and rushed to apply to it. So that was mid-February and I wasn't even planning on doing my application aggressive cycle because like you were saying, and most people are expecting that you're going to be starting soon. And I knew that I had the baby and maternity leave coming up. So I really wasn't even expecting to apply then, but it was just too good of a job to not go for. And I know that you were part of the teacher career coach course. So I have to ask, had you been already taking the modules? Did you feel like applying to this job on a time crunch was something you were prepared to do because you were already kind of getting ready to start applying? Yeah, well, and I'd actually had one application experience just before this one that got really, really close. So I'd gone through the first two modules, at least by the time I was applying to this job, because I had just finished applying for the other kind of job that I thought was the dream job, which at the time was disability support at the college level. So since I was already working with young adults with disabilities, I had coworkers giving me the feedback of like, wow, you should really look at colleges. Like the population you work with here and are really good with here, you would translate really well to disability support in colleges. And so I I found a local posting for one of the local colleges that was that exact position. And, you know, those jobs don't come around often. And I happen to have a couple of friends who are professors there. And this was like November, December that I found this. And I was thinking, okay, I could start a new job and then go off to maternity leave. You know, there's kind of a sweet spot of either right after your maternity leave or when you're kind of at your second trimester or so that you could start, get a little established, then take your leave and come back. So I had some applications going out on the early side of that when I was kind of early pregnant. And this was like the big one. And I made it all the way through to the final interviews. It was between me and another person. I felt like I got it, you know, like this is my job and it's going to be, this is the dream job, you know, and I got the phone call from them while I was at work and I like tapped out with another teacher and ran into my office. I'm like, this is it, this is it, this is this. And they told me that they went with the other candidate who ended up being an internal candidate and also an alum of the college. I had no idea. And I didn't know until I looked at it afterwards. And I was devastated. I was absolutely devastated. I felt like someone had died. Like it felt like there was a death because it was the death of, you know, that dream that I had. It felt so sure. I felt so confident. So because I'd already had that experience, I already had like an application pretty much ready to go. It wasn't too hard to just send it off that day, thankfully. And I'd already gone through an interview interview process. So I think I'd gotten like a lot of the jitters out for this one, like, and 
at the time, I was, of course, like, there's no way you're going to tell me that this was meant to be, that something else is better is coming. Like, this was it. Jobs like this don't come around. That's it for me. And then, yeah, something better did come around. So it worked out. What types of questions did they ask you in the interview for your recreation coordinator position? Yeah, they because I applied for a specific job that supported individuals with disabilities. They asked me about my experience with individuals with disabilities. And it was the second interview was kind of the best one. That one ended up going like an hour and a half and none of us really even noticed. But they were asking me about how I would handle different kinds of emergency situations, like problem solving, working with staff, and all of it really spoke to as a supervisory kind of position right now, where I do have people working directly under me and I'm supervising them. And a lot of what I am doing there is very familiar because I had paraeducators as bed teachers. So you have managerial experience as a special educator. I also had experience with crisis management. So they asked me, like, they gave me scenarios like, say, uh, you're playing like hide and seek in your camp and you get inside and you realize one kid is doing a really good job of hide and seek and they didn't make it in and everyone's freaking out. Like, how do you handle that? Like, well, actually, that same exact situation almost happened two weeks ago when I lost a student oh, no. or someone else did. And like we went out to the bus and so-and-so is not there. And oh, my gosh. And like and the student was found and it was all OK. But like I'm very familiar with that. Like, oh, no, panic moment. And it was funny to see how those moments as a SPED teacher that feels so unique to SPED are really you, you could run into those kinds of situations. It really, that experience really benefits you anytime you work with like kids in particular, but also like individuals with disabilities, just the public in general, like the crisis management you learn, the dealing with difficult, unhappy customers, like working with families, so many skills transferred over that that interview was really just a walk in the park. I could tell them about all these things that had happened just a couple of weeks before and it applied to what they wanted to know. When it comes to working for the city, is that something where they do ask for letters of reference? Because I know working for state departments, sometimes they do actually ask for letters of reference, which is not as common when working for a company or a corporation. Yeah, so they they didn't ask me for letters of reference. I did have to provide a list of references and they did actually call them, but they didn't need letters. Oh, okay. So they did actually ask for references. Who did you choose as your references, if you don't mind me asking? No, I don't. I chose a coworker, um, so co-teacher who knew I was leaving. My co-teaching team is very close-knit and they all knew that I was looking for jobs. So I asked one of them. And then I also had a supervisor and admin who I had in previous years, who was no longer my current admin. He'd actually went back to teaching. So, and we clicked really well. I had a really good rapport with him. So I asked him as well. So he could serve as kind of my supervisor reference. 
Are there other types of roles that you've seen for the city or in the parks department that you think would make a really good fit for former teachers? Yeah, for um, SPED teachers in particular. So if you want to continue working in disability support, which I knew I did, so that's why I entered teaching. It wasn't as much about the teaching for me as it was the population. And other jobs I was looking into and had applications out for at the same time or was getting ready to apply for. So there was disability support at colleges. There was also, there's disability support and kind of more like caseworker type positions through the state's kind of health department. So here it's the Department of Social Health, you know, Human Services kind of department that always has They have job support jobs, so you can be kind of the vocational vocational rehabilitation sort of position, so helping people get and keep jobs. There's kind of developmental disability support for families, where you're helping families get resources like respite care and therapies and all that sort of stuff. Most states, I believe, would have those kinds of positions. And so finding those sorts of positions would be really relevant, especially for a SPED teacher. So figuring out what disability support is in your state or city or county, there's like three different places you can look. And there's probably something out there that has a high need. Kat, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. I usually end the podcast by asking people what they learned about themselves during the process, but I feel like you did a really great job of just (laughs) answering that right now. So I want to take some time to just thank you for coming on because I know that this isn't easy either, but the process that you went through was not an easy one. It is one that is very challenging. You're someone who it sounds like you went through a much shorter application process than other people. But that doesn't mean that it wasn't scary or challenging. And I just really appreciate you coming on and sharing this. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for having me on. I think that it's really important to just get the message out there that if you're a teacher and you're feeling burned out and you're feeling like you can't do anything else or what you have to offer isn't a value that that's just not true and there's so many other jobs out there (laughs) yeah it's something that i feel like so many people really need to hear and teachers coming on like you to continue to reinforce that help motivate others to really believe that it's true so thank you so much and i appreciate your time here absolutely thanks so much for having me on to give a huge thank you to Kat for coming on and sharing her story with this audience. Now, if you are a specialty teacher, like a former special education teacher, and you're thinking about leaving the classroom, you may be asking yourself right now, what are some good jobs for teachers with my subject matter expertise? We actually have written a blog all about this subject, which I will link in this episode's show notes so you can find it there. Thank you so much for being a listener and for continuing to share this free resource with other teachers who are looking for this type of support. We will see you on the very next episode of the Teacher Career Coach Podcast.